I see producer Brian has already entitled a segment later in the show. Ebola will kill us all. I, you know, you got to like his optimism. Ebola will kill us all. All right, we'll raise all kinds of alarms in the 12 o'clock hour. No, 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 we won't. You know, I want to talk to I want to talk to the hazmat team that's going into that guy's apartment to clean it up. You could not ever pay me enough. Ever. It's not, it's, I don't care what I'm wearing. I don't care about the equipment. It doesn't matter. I'm not going in. I would burn down the entire building. That's how you handle it as far as I'm concerned. Okay, everybody who lives in the building got to move out. We're burning it to the ground. Welcome to the show. What are you getting uh, as the official forecast for the temperatures today? Because I'm looking at my iPhone. I got like 93 in Burbank. Uh, I can't tell you. The valleys, inland OC, and uh, the inland empire up to at least 106. And uh, low to mid-90s for the beaches, upper 90s to 101 in metro L.A. 101. Well, my iPhone is lying to me. It always does. Have you noticed, though, there's a, there's the temperature that you get on the radio or TV or whatever, and then there's the one your car temperature gives you? That's always going to be Never hotter. the same. Yeah, my car temperature, I'm betting when I uh, leave the studio today, it's going to be 112. You know why? That's my bet. The the, the ther- uh, thermometer that's in your car that's supposed to be registering outside temperature is also picking up the radiated heat from the metal of the car. Yeah. And don't they supposed to take, aren't they supposed to take the uh, temperature in the shade, too? You're not necessarily in the shade, um, and you're sitting over yeah, asphalt no. that gets really hot, yeah. retains a lot of heat. It's picking up a lot of radiated heat, yeah, so it's yeah. you, you can always like subtract. I know, but that's four. the world I'm living in, right? I'm sitting in that car, and that's how hot it feels. It's hot. Yeah. Period. There's a certain hot it gets where it doesn't really matter. Okay, are you uh, buying this yet? I'm still very, very skeptical about this story where we have the uh, the mayor... In Bell Gardens, who is uh, dead after being shot by his wife. And nobody denies that the wife shot it. She shot him. She doesn't deny it. But uh, the circumstances, I'm just not clear on. And what I'm hearing, I'm not totally buying it. KFI's Eric Leonard is covering that story. We'll try to get the latest from him. How you doing, Eric? Why would you possibly be suspicious of a self-serving story that uh, seeks to clear somebody of any criminal wrongdoing in the shooting death of somebody else? You put that so well, I feel like I could just go home. See ya. Thanks, Eric. Uh, no, I, w- I mean, look, the the story that has been told is not a complete one, at least to us. I mean, the, the sheriff's department obviously knows a heck of a lot more than we do. The people in the room know the truth, but who knows what that is. And the, uh, the cops have just said so little about this that I don't think anybody outside of this investigation can even begin to say one way or another, if they believe the story, because we don't even know the story. We just know a summary, a really a one-line summary of what the sheriff's department ha- says happened, which was Tuesday afternoon, the couple's arguing, husband and wife, they're uh, arguing, at least according to the brother, about money, and the 19-year-old son steps in, and the mayor, Daniel Crespo, and his 19-year-old son get into a physical fight, and during that physical fight, the wife shoots the, her husband three times in the chest, and he drops dead. But that leaves out a whole lot of stuff that we would need to know about in order to draw a conclusion or at least have a sense of whether the story was believable or not. I'll tell you this. I still believe that if he shot her, even if all the other circumstances were the same, 
he'd still be locked up. I think there's a gender bias here in the way they that they're approaching this because there's a gender bias on the planet. It's how our society functions. We give the woman the benefit of the doubt. The guy doesn't get it. You're probably right about that. Uh, so yesterday we had uh, a statement from the lawyer that's representing the wife, Livette Crespo, and the statement said absolutely nothing factual about what went on on Tuesday, what he, what her role was, how things escalated into this argument, what the argument was about, how the physical fight went down, whether or not there were other weapons in the room, because this guy worked in law enforcement. Just because she shot him with his gun doesn't mean there wasn't another gun or sure. a knife or a bat or something else. So uh, in the absence of all of that information, it is very difficult for anybody to really get a sense of where this case is going. The, the best indication we have so far is that the sheriff's department let her go after questioning her. That speaks volumes about what the detectives believe is most likely to have happened in there. But Well, it speaks volumes to the evidence that we haven't heard or seen or okay. their assumptions about what happened because she's the woman. Could be. And we don't know what it speaks volumes to. And a lot of these biases are subtle. They may not even, I'm not saying that they've said, well, she's a woman, we'll let her away with it. I think there's just, you know, a man kills his wife. Uh, you better have a really good explanation. Wife kills her husband, says domestic violence, and we, we are tempted to believe that. And it could be true. And that could very well be the reason that this attorney, who is a defense lawyer, held this news conference at Bell Garden City Hall yesterday, where the only thing he really said was that she had, according to her, been a victim of domestic violence, so had her children for many, many years. Uh, that statement could do a couple of things. One is, it could very well be the truth. And he is making this public because it will help all of us understand the circumstances that led to this uh, moment of extraordinary violence. On the other hand, it could also be a statement designed to begin planting ideas in a possible jury pool. Uh, if, in fact, the circumstances are not exactly what we've been led to believe so far, and lo and behold, a week or two from now, prosecutors decide to file criminal charges. That's possible, too. We just don't know enough to know. What we don't know, we, we know what we don't know, right? Yeah. yeah. Something uh, like that. And what about the uh, about the prosecution? Have we heard if that's... There's going to be an announcement about that anytime not, soon? Not yet. The, the sheriff's department had made a statement yesterday or the day before that said that it was going to present the findings of its investigation to prosecutors yesterday or today. My, What I've heard from the DA's office is that's just way too soon. The sheriff's department is looking at a lot of things, including uh, whatever evidence that the wife and her attorney decide to supply, because the lawyer said yesterday he wanted to hand over some photographs statements from some other witnesses that maybe the police hadn't interviewed, something that suggests maybe there was a long history of uh, domestic abuse, and even if she didn't call the cops, maybe she took photos or a relative did, and they've got some evidence that might help prosecutors make a decision. But the Sheriff's Department is also looking for some lab results. They want to test the, the hands of the two or three people that were in the room and see if those tests might uh, clear any one of them of firing or handling a gun. That could help them decide if the stories they're being told are true, and that stuff doesn't happen overnight. It takes a little while to do all of that. So they're, they're in no hurry. Nobody's in custody, so they're not up against a court clock as far as getting a case presented and a decision made, which you might have to do in 48 hours if somebody was locked up. They've got nothing but time. 
and she's probably not somebody who's going to flee if they thought she was uh, going to be charged with something. So there's no incentive, really, to lock her up if there's no immediate evidence that the story she's told isn't true. Uh, and uh, it sounds like prosecutors are expecting to see a case maybe at the earliest next week, probably a little while after that. But once they've got it, uh, there'll be a pretty quick decision about what uh, uh, where this is going to go. All right. I was going to ask you to try to separate fact from fiction, but I don't even sure. think we can do that. How about uh, let's let's deal with some of the rumors and see if we can confirm that these are at least stories that are being told by people who might know. Uh, the story that maybe the mayor of Bell Gardens was having a long time affair. Yeah, this is and something that, that may have just uh, you know that, that there might have been a baby and there. Can you go through that line of story right, with so, me? Uh, Crespo's Daniel Crespo, the mayor's brother, is a guy named Willie, who's kind of an odd character. I've spoken to him a few times over the last few days. He's given numerous interviews and never mentioned anything about a supposed affair until yesterday, uh, hours after he had spoken with reporters at City Hall. He told one TV station that, in fact, his brother had admitted an affair to his brother's wife, so to Livette Crespo, and there was talk of a separation. They weren't always staying together. It's an interesting angle. It could be true. It could also be that Livette Crespo and her defense lawyer have presented an effective, believable story that she, in fact, was the victim in all of this, and the brother is uh, making statements that might turn opinion about her in a different way if that uh, affair admission could suggest she was just angry and pulled the trigger out of anger rather than out of fear. Right. Maybe you don't tell that story initially because you don't want to embarrass the memory of your brother. Could be. Your family or whatever. But now he's thinking, this woman's going to get away with murder. I want to tell you the other story. And, and all of those things can be true. She could be the long-suffering victim of domestic abuse, or she could have been angry because he was having an affair. None of that changes the fact that you have to know what happened in the house that day. Was she or somebody else in that house in immediate danger? That's right. And did she act in the defense of herself or, or her son? Or somebody else. Three times in the chest. I don't even understand. I can't put it together in my head that he's attacking his son, and she shoots him in the chest three times. Not in the back, not in the side. Well, we don't he know that. We just, well, her. All we know, well, all we know is the upper torso. That's the way the sheriff's department oh, I thought you said chest. Said. So it, that, that could be in the back. I, I, I shouldn't use okay. casual words to describe something specific. They right, but if it's shot, torso. if he's shot in the back and he's on top of his son or confronting his son, you would think his son would have been wounded too by bullets uh, you wouldn't if they think passed necessarily through. Or... A mother would risk making exactly. a shot like that with right. her son. Yeah. So uh, I would agree with you. Uh, but this all goes back to the fact that we're trading on some very, very slim information at this point. And until the case goes to the DA's office, I'm not sure we're going to find out a lot that's 100% believable. Thank you, Eric. See you, Bill. KFI's Eric Leonard. I want to talk more about this, and maybe you can jump in and... We'll, we'll work it through together about how this scene could have been unfolded and the, a lot of different scenarios, all right? 800-520-1KFI. First of all... KFI AM 640, Bill Carroll. I had a, a couple of emails about it. I was going to say a lot of emails. It's not true, but I got more emails on this kind of story than I would have expected. People saying, are you trying to say this woman is guilty of just gunning her husband down in cold blood? No, I'm just very suspicious about the story. And uh, I've lived my life, and I know, if you think this through, come on. There's a bias about women who kill versus men who kill, right? 
Woman who kills a child, everyone says, oh, she must have been mentally ill. No mother would kill a child. Father kills a child. They go, what a lunatic. Lock him up. But they don't mean lunatic in the uh, clinically insane kind of way. With women, it's got to be some kind of deep psychological problem. With a man, he's just a, he's just a pissed-off guy who killed his wife and kids because he's jealous. That That's just how it works. And I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I cannot imagine if this Bell Garden story had gone down the other way. If he had shot his wife three times in the torso and said, I was trying to protect my son. I don't, I don't think anybody would be buying it. I think he'd still be locked up today. She was questioned for a couple of hours and let go. Now, she may still ultimately be charged. Maybe she won't. Maybe she's telling the truth. Maybe she was the long-suffering victim of domestic violence. But aren't you thinking the same thing? Aren't a lot of you thinking, I don't see how it adds up. Maybe you could put it together in your head better than I've been able to, but I'd love to hear your theories on that. 800-520-1KFI. Because usually when people say, like this guy's brother did, she shot him three times. Why don't you shoot him once? Why don't you shoot him in the leg? People say it a lot about cops, right? Somebody's running towards you with a, a cop towards a knife. Why not shoot him uh, in the arm or leg? Because chances are you're going to miss. But I would think that if you're a wife, you'd probably try to shoot him. You, would you fire a second shot, even if the first shot hit him in the torso? Would you fire a second shot? Your son is in the room, too. Presumably, if they're in a fight, they're engaged. They're wrestling. They're physically touching each other back and forth. Right? There's chaos going on. You could have shot your own son. I mean, I I can't see how it would have unfolded. 800-520-1KFI. And uh, I bet no one really, other than a couple of people who emailed me, no one really, if you think it through, no one can disagree with me about the gender bias that uh, I think is going on in this case. And I hope the cops can overcome it and give it a thorough investigation because the story is not adding up. We had uh, her attorney, the, the mother, the wife, and we had uh, the uh, the mayor's brother both addressing the media yesterday. Everyone in this situation is a victim. They are forever scarred. Right now, the children stand behind their mother. They are grieving the loss of their father. And they will cooperate, specifically Daniel, will cooperate with the law enforcement. Crespo's brother called claims of abuse lies. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He he's just trying to make up, you know, make my brother look bad. And said his sister-in-law should be charged with second-degree murder. I don't know why she can she just shoot him one time in the leg. She knows how to shoot a gun. They went to shooting ranges. She don't want to go to jail for what she did. Well, yeah, everybody who's speaking uh, right now has an interest in uh, telling their side of the story, their version. To make everybody look good. I'd like to think, though, if my brother was involved in an abusive relationship, that if his uh, wife shot him, I'd be able to say, yeah, he, my brother was an ass. He wasn't, he didn't treat her well. And because uh, a lot of times you don't witness that. I mean, you, most time people, with, most, time, most times when people abuse their wife or their husband, it's when it's just the two of them are out. Maybe the kids witness it. But very rarely does a man beat up his wife in front of his brother. But you usually have a suspicion, right? You usually know something's off. So maybe he genuinely has never seen it, and he's defending it. And then there's a story about maybe he had a girlfriend. Maybe there was a recent pregnancy. I mean, all of this stuff is floating around, which would make her jealous and angry. But I'm thinking, okay, how does it go from you, your husband and your son are fighting to three shots to the torso? 
You think your son is about to die? Is is her son was hospitalized for a short time with some facial injuries? But does did he have a weapon in his hand we don't know about? Is he beating him so badly she fears she shoots him once and he gets up and now he attacks her and she fires another couple of times? Well, why wouldn't they say that she killed him in her own self defense? The story we're hearing is she killed him to protect her son. Why does it take three shots to stop him from shooting your son? And how do you shoot him without shooting your own son? I mean, do you get between the two at open fire? I, I don't know. There are some possibilities there. But uh, it just seems like that's a huge escalation, doesn't it, from a fight between your your son and your husband to i got to shoot somebody three times. John, you're on with Bill Carroll. Yeah, hi, Bill. I don't understand uh, where's the gun. Was it close by? Was it? Did he know? And how did she get the gun? How does it go from a fight and then she runs off to the room? Does she go in the nightstand? How does that? It doesn't, it doesn't sound right. Yeah, and you would think if you have to go to another room, and we don't know. I don't know the answer to that. If you're going to go to the other room to get a gun, you'd also call 911, right? Call yeah, 911. My husband's going to kill my son. I've got a gun. I'm going to have to stop him. And how does the husband not know the gun's coming and get off his son, which I, I doubt that he would be punching his son. I You know, just the dynamics of a family. She's, he's got the problem with her. The kids don't always, you know, come to the point where they're going to fist fight their dad. It You know, it just sounds sounds funny. Yeah, but a lot of times, though, if there's been ongoing abuse, right, the, the, the woman has been beaten many times over the years, sometimes the son gets old enough and big enough and strong enough that he finally says, I'm not going to let you hit my mother anymore. And he steps in. That's very common. Then a lot of times the son's got to move out of the house because the son starts to stand up and challenge the father. It's very primitive if you think about it. Paul, go ahead. What do you say? Um, well, I honestly say I have to agree with that because, yes, I have had that situation. I am a 19-year-old son, and I had to deal with the same exact thing. However, um, my father left out of the picture because I I just showed him that I, if you're going to be an a-hole, you're not worthy of being my father. No, good for you. That uh, takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. So, you, honestly, so your instinct then, what, Paul, is that uh, this kid stepped in to protect his mother? Yeah. In my opinion, I think that he stepped in to protect his mother, and the dad just didn't like what was going on. And in her response, she probably was thinking, oh, maybe I'm protecting my son at the same time, but she did it in the wrong way. Well, yeah. Again, though, it depends on how much danger she really thought her son was in. Go ahead, Larry. What do you say? Hey, I got a twofold thought. First of all, um, how long does it take to pick up the phone and dial 911? Does it take longer to do that than to pick up a gun and shoot three times? And my other thought is... I would think that if I had a gun, I'd do both at the same time. I'd have the gun in my hand, and I'd dial 911, and I'd be saying, leave him alone. I'm calling the police. Right. And but maybe she no did. Maybe she did pick up the phone and... She felt no. I I don't have time. I've got to I got to shoot right now, or he's going to kill my boy. I I don't know, but it seems like you know when it's your husband, it's not like it's an intruder, right? Your husband comes into the house and starts to beat you up, and your son gets involved. There's still all of that old bias that goes on, you know, where women still even tend to protect their own husband when the police arrive. It just seems like a big leap. An intruder comes in, yeah, you don't know the guy, you don't know what's going to happen. You would take grab your gun, open fire, protect your family. 
You would think, though, if it's your husband and the father of that boy, you're going to fire off a... That's the one time I would think you'd fire off a warning shot or threaten to call the police or or try to shoot him in the arm, which is not a smart thing to do, but it's something, if anyone was going to do it, it would be a woman who doesn't want to kill her own husband no matter what's going on. What do you think, Dwayne? Um, I was in the military, and the bottom line is that when you're in that situation where you have to fire and um, you really believe that you're in that type of danger, you don't think. And when I know when I had a weapon in my hand, I pulled the trigger, and I would keep pulling the trigger instinctively until it couldn't pull and there was nothing left to pull. Even if that uh, the target was your wife? Well, no. I mean, yeah, you see what I mean? Wife. Well, that, but this was her husband. Yeah. Um, right. I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about you're right, in Afghanistan well, or Iraq, right? And the guy comes charging at you, trying to kill you. You're gonna. No. You're gonna keep shooting until the threat is gone. That's what you right. should do. That's what anyone would do. But if that person right. is someone you have loved and are related to, do you fire three times? I mean, well, or do you only do again, that out of anger? But look at the other side of it. Let's say he beat her for the last 25 years, and he's been beating her on a regular basis, and I know many women who that's happened to, and you just get fed up, and he's beating on her kid to the point where she thinks he might die, you know, you go into that instinctive mode, and you just start shooting. Right, but the important thing is there, you don't get to kill somebody just because you're fed up, but you do get to kill somebody if you think they're about to kill somebody else, and uh, that's going to be very hard to prove one way or the other, isn't it? What do you say, Pamela? Go ahead, you're on with Bill Carroll. Hi, Bill. Um, I love your show, and I love you. And I'd just like to point out that roughly a week ago, your station was reporting that uh, domestic violence is least reported in families of police officers. And this gentleman, this mayor, was very connected to them, of course, and he was some sort of parole officer, probation, or he worked with gangs. There's a lot of domestic violence in in police families, for sure. Right. And the, the, the whole point is they get away with it because they all stick up for each other and they never prosecute each other. And the wives are the eternal victims. And when you're in a gush of shooting a gun, especially at your husband, because you've had it, you've been a victim for eternity that no one will ever understand, the gush of, of, of adrenaline is more than anyone could ever wrap their mind around. And shooting only once. I think, is much more cold-blooded than the gush of adrenaline that anybody should understand. Interesting point. Would shoot three times. But you've got she your son in the room. It. That's the what changes it for me. The, but the point is she can't take it anymore. She's trying to save her son's life. Maybe his, his, the boy was able to get out of the way in a split second, and she shot three times yeah. because she knew the husband was never going to stop. She couldn't take it anymore. Good points. Well made. Thank you, Pamela. Remember the uh, Orange County guy who's running for council in a local race? And uh, the OC register checked into his his resume, and it doesn't add up. Why do people lie about things? Uh, maybe he's not, because he's claiming today he's not. But we wanted to get inside the mind of people who lie, even when they're caught. Just point blank, and they keep lying. And we're going to talk about that coming up. First, so, Rob, what's going on? AM 640, Bill Carroll coming up at 11.05. Military families are being warned of potential ISIL attacks. A lot of military families in uh, this part of the world, so we're going to talk about that for sure. Uh, Yesterday, we talked to a reporter from 
the uh, the OC Register, and they did a piece on this candidate, John Madison, Laguna Beach City Council candidate, and uh, found a lot of discrepancies in his resume. A lot of them. Huge discrepancies. Uh, John Madison is dismissing them today, saying it's no big deal. So it got me thinking about someone I know. I bet you know someone like this, too, that no matter how much you knew they were lying and you tried to call them out on it, you could never get them to just be straight with you. What goes on with people like that? Dr. Len Sachs is a psychologist, professor of social policy with Brandeis University, and we wanted to reach out to him on this uh, this issue. Are there some people, doctor, who just can't help themselves? They They just lie compulsively? Absolutely. There are a small number of people, we call them pathological liars, uh, who make outrageous claims and do this repeatedly. But lying is pretty common even in, I'll call it, normal people. Well, we lie to get ourselves out of trouble, to save ourselves embarrassment, sometimes to help people we care about. But there there are reasons to lie that are actually, I think, fairly harmless and can be beneficial, no? Absolutely. That uh, we um, we say nice things to people we love. We say calming things to people who are who are ill. Uh, but uh, consistent lying and lying in outrageous, outrageous ways, uh, that's a different class of lying. Now, do people do it to, because they, they want to be impressive? They want to be loved? Um, they do it. They do it to get rewards, uh, jobs, positions, uh, and so on. And in fact, one of the most common forms of, of lying is to uh, embellish your, your resume, uh, is to raise up your, your uh, whatever you have, uh, have done. Yeah, but don't most people tend to exaggerate it enough, I put a, a little extra shine on it, not outright lie about being a lawyer if they're not a lawyer or having a Ph.D. that you don't have, that, I mean, that's that's the kind of lie you can get caught in and you can destroy your life. Right. Um, those are probably pretty stupid lies when you know that somebody can quickly check your, uh, your credentials. Um, but, you know, sometimes what happens is that people who lie about having a degree, a law degree, a Ph.D. or whatever, oftentimes these are individuals who actually tried to get this degree. They may, in fact, come to think that they earned the degree, even though, for whatever reason, they didn't turn in their dissertation, they didn't take their final exam, they don't actually have the credential. Uh, well, I mentioned that probably everyone knows someone like this. I had a colleague, and I'll call him a friend, too, that uh, just never wanted to disappoint. He always wanted to be the guy who helped everybody out, and then he would almost never deliver on his promises. And you would even try to let him off the hook. Look, I know it didn't. Get, it's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. I'm not upset. No, no, no. I got to make one more call. It's uh, it's stuck in uh, the airport, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. No, no, it doesn't matter anymore. Believe me, I'm gonna take care of it. And this guy would drag these lies out for months or years, even when I tried to let him off the hook. I could never understand it. I guess I tried to give him ways to save face. He just couldn't stop himself. Right. Again, there are those people, but that's a I, my my sense is that that's a small small fraction of the total uh, the total population. Um, you know, one of the one of the things, and, and you actually hit on uh, for me the most important issue. We can often um, help people prevent uh, prevent people from lying if we let them off the hook. But oftentimes we don't let people off the hook, right. whether it's job requirements that are so impossible 
um, and not connected with the job that, that people feel that they have to uh, inflate what they've uh, what they've done, uh, or you set impossible standards uh, for people. That's when you actually produce lying in others. Yeah, you learn that with kids too. You gotta you gotta give them an exit, or they will keep lying. That's a- absolutely. You know, if you say to you know to the kid. Uh, uh, the teenager, you know, you get caught uh, with a traffic infraction, and uh, you know that's the end of you ever sitting on the left-hand uh, side of the uh, uh, the car. Um, you're going to encourage them to be dishonest uh, about uh, what they've done. Thank you, doctor. Pleasure, Dr. Lensack, psychologist, professor of social policy with Brandeis University. What I think the most common lie is men tell. It's got to be, yeah, no, you look great in that dress. With women, it's going to be, honey, size does not matter. No? Did I say too much? Is that just me? Coming up next, military families and the warning about ISIL. Bill Carroll, KFI, AM 640.